Do you know what your erotic blueprint is? Are you aware of how somatic healing can tie in to sexual healing? Do you know what somatic therapy is? Do you think addressing your sexual experience can help you to change the practical things in your life like money and career? In today's podcast episode on Root Awakening, a health podcast, we are talking with Julianne Vaccaro. Julianne is a somatic sexologist, erotic blueprint master coach, and a women's spiritual mentor. She is the creatrix of the Goddess Approach methodology combining holistic health, spiritual psychology, and embodiment, and she works with powerful, purpose-driven women to self-heal, reclaim their erotic goddess, and come home to their bodies. With over a decade of experience, her clients transform from feeling stuck and unsafe in their body to a life of freedom, pleasure, power, and play. So clearly... Julianne is so knowledgeable about how powerful our sexual relationship with ourselves and our partner really is. Julianne teaches that erogenous zones are actually the areas where some of the most impactful healing can take place because a lot of our trauma is hiding there. And Julianne has many accounts of her clients having success in other areas of their life as well as sex after working with her, which is just amazing. How amazing is that? It sounds like such a pleasurable way to heal. But also, the reality is trauma healing and digging into the more vulnerable self-acceptance around sex is tough, yet rewarding work. So in this episode, Julianne and I go deep on my journey and Julianne's journey with our relationship to sex. Julianne defines what trauma actually is. It's more than just the worst possible scenarios you can think of. Julianne tells us about how sexual healing through sexual practice in part changed her life. She tells us about what somatic sexology is and how it can help you really rediscover yourself and be able to experience deeper levels of pleasure. She tells us what the erotic blueprints are and tells us what all the types prefer and what each type can be challenged by. She informs us about how to be able to receive more and the challenges that especially women have with receiving. This is a really intimate and connective episode. You'll learn a lot. Let's get into it. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the founder and CEO of Root Awakening, and Root Awakening is a self-development community here to support you with holistic guidance on every level of health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. We have a team of guides here at Root Awakening whose zones of expertise represent each level of health so you can receive true holistic support. You can follow us on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening, root is spelled R-O-O-T, message me, say hi, ask any questions that you have, we love to hear from you so much. And in the last podcast episode that we posted, you may remember me mentioning that I was developing a program where you'll be able to work with multiple coaches and even a licensed therapist throughout one program to give you support on all levels of health, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional. Welp, that program is fucking here and I'm so excited to announce it to you. 
The Root Awakening True Potential Program is our newest self-development program. Folks, the True Potential Program is a four-month program here to give you support on every level of holistic health. We assembled a team of four guides to help you bridge the gap between your physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional layers of health. So I created this program because I realized that this was the program I needed about two years ago. I was going through regular coaching programs, which helped me so much to learn um, just all of this different information. And I was definitely growing, but I was feeling stunted by something. My old habits were still sticking to me somehow. I was still procrastinating. I was still letting old limiting beliefs completely debilitate me. I was still super codependent in my relationships. It's like I could see my potential potential and regular coaching really helped me to believe my potential but I couldn't fully trust in my potential and I couldn't live out my potential because of that I wasn't fully trusting that I could embody this potential so what was the missing piece therapeutic support Therapeutic support was the missing piece here. I wasn't able to kick these old habits until I started doing research on the subconscious brain and implementing practices that actually reprogrammed my subconscious. So affirmations and regular med meditation and even regular coaching wasn't affecting my subconscious. So I decided to create a program that revolved around working with a licensed therapist. So the heart of this program, the True Potential program, is therapy. So you can learn why you have the habits and feelings that you have. Because once we know why, we can learn the how through regular coaching. And we need the regular coaching too, because we are not just a brain, we are a whole body and a whole spiritual being. So I assembled four guides to help you with each layer of health. We have a licensed therapist that will handle the mental layer. We have a certified strength training and nutrition coach to help you handle the physical layer. We have a quantum healer to help you with the spiritual aspect. And we have an embodiment coach to help you with the embodiment practice, which is also kind of physical physical, but in more of an emotional, physical sense. So embodiment really ties all the layers of health in together. I'm just so proud to offer this program to you. The coaching and natural health industry is really missing the therapy component. I have seen the evidence of this in my own life, and we are really able to bridge that gap between therapy and coaching in the True Potential program. So it's going to be amazing. I'm just so excited to offer this to you. And the wait list for the True Potential program opens today. Yes, today, like the day that you are listening to this podcast episode. So you can apply to be a part of the program today by hitting the link in our bio on Instagram. You just fill out a short form so we can ensure that you are a great fit for the program and so that we know that we can serve you in a really transformational way. So if you have any questions about the program, feel free to DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. We cannot wait to support you. Okay, let's get into this episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. Julianne Vaccaro is here recording with me today. Julianne Vaccaro is a somatic sexologist, erotic blueprint master coach, and a women's spiritual mentor. She is the creatrix of the goddess approach mythology, combining holistic health, spiritual psychology, and embodiment. 
And one thing I love so much about Julianne's way of looking at sensuality, she recognizes that it is a part of a whole holistic package. Sensuality feeds the spiritual, spirituality feeds the sensual, holistic health brings about a deeper sensual experience and vice versa. It's all harmonious. It all feeds into the other. And yeah, that's so important. I think that that holistic way of looking at sex is like we can just transform our lives like this and I, I love that outlook um, and Julian also recognizes that sex can be healing and balancing most of us did not grow up seeing evidence of this and Julianne does a really good job of setting an amazing example of this in her own life and being really open about how transforming our view on sex is a process that isn't all perfect and happy 100% of the time which is so important um, on that note, something else I really love about Julianne is she is so authentic. She is herself. Julianne is Julianne. You can't fake this stuff, folks. I took a look at Julianne's profile and in within... I would say like three minutes, I was like, yeah, the authenticity factor, which I look for in every guest, it's just there. You can tell right away. It's just there. And um, then I dug into her content and couldn't stop because it was so fascinating. Um, but she's just vulnerable and open and real. And I think that's such a good sentiment to carry into uh, our sexuality and our sensuality. So Juliana Vaccaro, somatic sexologist, erotic blueprint master coach, and women's spiritual mentor. It is an honor to have you here. Welcome to Awakening a Health podcast. Mm, what a freaking <laughs> intro. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like you said my name and I had so much feeling and tears arise in me. Just, I'm so grateful for the work that I get to do today. And oh, it's been a journey. So thank you for, for bringing me on. I'm happy to be here with all of you. Absolutely. We're so happy to have you. And it's beautiful to see that. Like, I can feel what you're saying right now. You know, it's been a journey and you just feel this so deeply. And it's so, I just, I'm probably going to get emotional in this episode too, because it's just so important for me to see good, healthy role models that are super open about sexual experience, like, like so needed in my life. And I know I'm not the only one. So thank you for that. And I would love to start off today kind of on that note. What was your initial relationship to sex? I would love to hear about kind of where you came from in that arena and perhaps how does it compare to your present expertise in sexology and spirituality, kind of just like a where you came from. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that question. I never thought that I would be where I am today. I never wanted to be who and where I am today. So many of the ideas and belief systems that I have now, which just are so sourced in truth, were things that I couldn't previously wrap my head around because there's so much conditioning and shame and trauma around my body and around my sexuality. So there's so many memories that I have of my partners coming forward and saying like, you never initiate sex and I never feel desired. And every time that conversation would come to me, because it happened all of the time, I would just really like want to crawl inside of myself and just like, I mean, I would like put my hood over my head. I remember there's one memory that comes up and I would instantly start to cry when I thought about sex. It held so much charge for me in my body. And I was so uncomfortable with the topic and really was not 
informed as to why that was something that I then needed to lean into. Like there was so much charge there because there was so much power there because there was so much potential in that area of me, just like there is in you. And so, yeah, my journey really started over a decade ago. I started out as a holistic health coach. I was 19 at the time and I knew I was, I knew I was going to help women and help women be in their bodies. And so I started out as a holistic health coach and so much of my desire at that time came from me wanting to just be this perfect human with the perfect body and the perfect diet plan and the perfect fitness routine. And so I was like, okay, if I can just like, you know, the thought was like, okay, like a personal trainer must just have it all fucking figured out. You know, like they literally know what to do with their bodies. So then they must be, they're so intelligent. And so I took that kind of into every area that I went into and it was like, okay, I'm going to figure out the health side of things. And I did that thing. I tried every different diet box. I, you know, did paleo, keto, macrobiotic, South beach, Atkins, like everything. And I landed on raw veganism for about three years and I loved it. I loved being raw vegan, but so much of my desire to be raw vegan was because I logically thought it was the best. And fast forward three years later, I realized that I had super severe adrenal fatigue. I was gaining weight. I was miserable. And I saw an oriental medicine doctor at the time. And she was like, you need to start adding animal protein back into your diet. And that was really turning point number one for me where I was like, okay, I can eat so clean. I can eat 100% organic. I can go to the farm across the street and buy my produce. But if I'm not eating right for my body type, And if I'm not looking at every other layer of who I am, I'm seriously only getting like 10% of the puzzle. And I was in a relationship at the time that I just wasn't happy in. I didn't have a lot of support because I had made a move where I didn't know anybody. And so that was, you know, my first invitation to look at, oh, my relationships matter. Oh, my, my specific body type matters. So I started eating right for my body but didn't really do a lot of the deeper inner healing work around trauma and identity and personal freedom and expression. And so I turned hard into the fitness realm and I became a yoga teacher. I was teaching boxing and kickboxing. I worked at UFC gym for about four years. And then I found the world of bodybuilding. And I was like that, like, that's the thing that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Cause if I can just look like that, everything's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And so I, although I had just healed from all of my adrenal fatigue and was feeling so good in my body, the ideal of perfection ruled me. And so I went hard into the bodybuilding space, did all the bro diets, experimented with a whole lot of PEDs, um, anything that I could do just to get this perfect body. And I did that for about two and a half years and all of my eating disorders came back. Like all of the things that I thought I had healed came back into my life. I was overtraining. My body was a disaster. My hormones were all over the place. My adrenal fatigue came back. My gut issues were back. And there was one show that I remember training for. It was about two weeks out and I was on my way home from UFC gym after a long day of work. And there's a target right there. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to go into that target. I'm going to buy a couple of things to snack on, but I'm going to save it for after my show. And that was just a story that I would convince myself I could do every time. And it would never go that way. And it would end in a horrific binge. So I bought a box of Oreos and I bought a thing of peanut butter. And I remember I drove home. It was like an 11 minute drive home. And I pulled into my driveway and I remember putting the car in park and being like, 
what just happened? Like I had blacked out. I was like tossing half eaten Oreos out of the window. My whole steering wheel was covered in peanut butter, my gear shifter. And I just looked in the mirror and was like, for who, like, for who are you doing this and why? Like, it was just a big turning point for me. I think it was around the age of 24, 25, where I was like, you're not going to do this for the rest of your life. So you can either keep doing this and pretend that you're going to be happy and pretend that it's this thing that you like when actually you're miserable. And so I competed two weeks later, tossed a towel in for that career and really took it upon myself to combine the world of aesthetics and holistic wellness, because I had the holistic wellness background. I had the fitness thing. And it was like, how do I combine these two? How do I blend aesthetics with holistic health? How do I get the body that I love and feel good in that body, but from a place of self-love and nourishment. And at that time, there wasn't that much about that out there. Like all of the supplements that were available were very bro-y. And so I just started to really take it all into my own hands. And, uh, you know, three years of healing work with my body, I was able to heal the gut issues, heal my eating disorders, really learn how to intuitively eat for me and get the body that I really loved. That was actually quite comparable to my competition body, but from not a place of deprivation. And so that was really the turning point for me in my business. I went fully online and was helping women. And that was how I first started creating the goddess approach as it's called now, but at that point was called the balanced body method. And, um, I had moved to Colorado during that time and from New York. And when I got here, I had ended an abusive relationship and, the way it played out was like, I I had healed so much of the relationship with my body. I had healed so much of the relationship with food that I could start to actually see these other issues that were continuously coming up in my life that I just didn't have the space for before. So I was so focused on the surface level stuff. And so I started to notice like you are finding yourself in one abusive relationship after the next, like this is, this is starting to get dangerous. This is starting to be a really big problem. Like three of my partners ended with a court order of protection. And when I moved to Colorado, I ended a relationship. And then a couple of weeks later found out that I was pregnant and through my own exploration found that he, you know, had planned it and it was non-consensual on my end. And it was the biggest turning point that I have ever experienced because it, it really invited me to slow down. i we always have a choice, but it didn't feel like I had a choice. It felt like I needed to take everything off, put everything down and sit in it and be in it. And so that's what I did. And I had a big healing journey from that. I spent, you know, three hours, if not more in therapy and coaching and domestic violence counseling, unpacking my trauma, going into myself, doing the podcast thing, doing the books, working with coaches. Like I did all of it. And I felt really good. And so I decided to go out into the dating world and I met this really incredible man and we spent this whole magical day together. And at the end of the day, we went back to his place and we were starting to get intimate. And I remember his hand started to reach onto my body and really feel my belly. And I hit a wall inside of myself and I just started sobbing and weeping and emotions started pouring out of me that I was so confused about because I was like, where is this coming from? I, I spent months in therapy. Like, I know this, I've, I've talked about this. Why is this happening? And what I realized 
was that trauma lives in the body. And so I then heard a podcast about somatic sexology, probably similar to what you're hearing today. And I started to hear about the relationship between our sexuality and body image issues and eating disorders and our lack of safety in our body or lack of pleasure. And that was just, that was it for me. I went fully head first, pussy first into the world of somatic sexology. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. I came from such a logical, this is how you do things. I was like a badass armored warrior goddess, you know, and then was like, what is this whole other world over here? And, um, it just, it transformed me more than I had ever known was possible. And I really started to realize again, how much trauma is stored in the tissue, how much of it is stored in the body. I realized that my whole approach up until that point was from the neck up. Although everything had to do with my body, I wasn't actually living in my body. I was just working on my body from my head, but it was like, I was experiencing myself and my life from the outside. It's like I was watching myself in a movie constantly. Every room I would walk in, I was seeing myself from somebody else's eyes rather than from my own two eyes. So I went fully into somatic sexology and I was able to hit six figures in my business within six months. And I just started to make more and more money and call more and more clients in. And all I was doing was healing the relationship with my sexuality and becoming more self-expressed in that. And so I pivoted my whole business, so to speak. And brought in the world of pleasure and feminine and energetics and sacred sexuality and spiritual psychology and all of that health and fitness stuff that I was doing was almost obsolete. Like it wasn't needed. All of my clients just started getting the hormonal shifts, the gut issue balances, like everything that they were feeling with their body just started to magically go away because we were working with the trauma. We were going right to the root and really bringing them back into the essence of who they are, which was this like pleasure beautiful whole being that just is in their feeling body. So long story short, that's how I got here. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's so magical. That's so magical. And so relatable, Julianne, like it's so fucking relatable to me. And I know I'm not the only one. I want to ask before we dive into what somatic sexology is, can you, are you open to telling us about what, what the root of this trauma was for you? Like, or can you sum it up like that? Or is it just a lot of different things or being in society? Like what was something that maybe let's say one of the biggest things that, that was blocking your, your ability to have that connective sexual relationship to yourself. And your yeah. Body. Good question. So it was rather confusing for me when I first started. Cause I was like, why do I, why do I feel this way? I've never had, I think, you know, for a lot of us that feel locked out from our sexuality, some of us can pinpoint it to, I was raped in this one situation, or there was this one really heavy negative experience. And then there's also a lot of us who don't have one huge experience and feel similar ways, if not the same, right? We feel really locked out of our body. We feel super unsafe in the world. We choke and freeze when it comes to eroticism and intimacy, and we feel blocked. And so when I first started to explore this, I I really felt like a childhood sexual trauma was going to reveal itself to me that I just never had access to. And fast forward five years later, nothing's ever been revealed to me. And so what I've come to realize is that 
it's so many things. Like when it comes to trauma, they say small T traumas and, and big T traumas, but it's non-hierarchical, right? Like trauma is trauma. And when we have negative experiences, mm. we are overloaded. Our system can tend to get overloaded if we don't have the proper resources, tools, support, and community to move through. So for me, when I started to, when I, when I found out that I was pregnant, I started to just have a lot of these downloads and insights start to come in about my childhood. And what I realized in that was, oh, I have a fuck ton of trauma. Like I was actually really abused growing up. There was physical abuse, but I thought that was normal. There was emotional abuse, but I thought that was normal. The way my, my childhood was, was formed for me, I, I just thought that was normal. And I always thought that somebody else had it worse off. So I then would go into victimhood or not even victimhood, but like self-hatred, self-mutilizing behaviors. Like, why do I do this? What's wrong with me? I'm so fucked up. Like just that inner critic judger that we all have experienced in ourselves. And as I actually gave myself the space to explore my trauma, I realized, oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with me. You've just had a lot of really big experiences. And I also realized that everything always had to do with sex. I wasn't conscious to it, but it absolutely had to do with sex. I mean, I was out there on stages flaunting my ass and boobs on, on, you know, half naked. Like, how did I not think that had to do with sex? It all had to do with my desirability. I wanted to feel like I was sexy enough, pretty enough, smart enough, woman enough being in the NPC in the bodybuilding world. You, you know, you big boobs, big ass, curvy waist. If your hair color is not right, you know, people would judge me for your hair color. doesn't look right on stage. You, your waist is too big. Okay. Put two waist trainers on duct tape it in the middle, right? We are groomed about what it means to be a woman. And so I went right into the heart of that, but we get that messaging and that experience out there in the world. So through media, through medicine, through communities, through religion, I grew up through a very Catholic household and I would always be whisked away to church when I did something quote unquote wrong or bad. And so, so much of me, I'm such an old soul and I was constantly trying to self-express and those were the things that were punished. That was what I was quite literally abused for was my feminine expression. If I had chipped nails, I was abused. If I didn't put my earrings on, I was abused. So it was, it was very contradicting messages of you have to be this perfect woman, but if you do, I'm going to attack you. And so much of the, the trauma that I experienced in childhood was then just it flew and it flown into, it flowed into my intimate relationships where abuse was heavily tied to love. I didn't know love without abuse. And so it showed up in all of my personal relationships. And it was also a reflection of my own self-abuse, right? I didn't know how to love myself because I didn't, I didn't never really known what it felt like to be loved for all of who I was from my caregivers. So it stemmed from a lot of that. And I would also say for anyone listening, you might resonate with feeling like I've never had a big sexual trauma. Why do I feel this locked out in my body? Like I hear you and I feel you and every single vulva bodied femme identifying woman that I work with has this experience. Some of, some of y'all have had big sexual assault and abuses. Some of that then later gets revealed once there's the safety to actually explore that. But for a lot of you that I work with, you've never, there's never been one thing. There's just an accumulation of being in this world with a feminine body and the projection that can often be felt and received from that. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's just so, so many things that you've mentioned are literally questions that I've asked myself. And it's this moment where you're like, oh my God, I'm not the Mm -hmm. only one. All of these, like the, the points that really, I mean, it all stands out to me, but these specific points of, I guess I'm just fucked up. I, I, I didn't have that big of a trauma. Everyone else has it worse. I didn't exactly, exactly. I get, so why am I like this? Why, why, it wasn't that bad for me. So why am I like this? And uh, okay, maybe I did have some hidden childhood trauma. And it's true, those things are revealed sometimes over time. I've done a lot of digging, haven't found that yet, but I literally thought that for myself too. I was like, I must have had this that I totally have been uh, blocking or I've, I've been um, suppressing. And uh, it's just this whole world and it's covered up by so many layers of like societal norms and our expectations and other people's expectations for ourselves. And something that that is, I think, so important to, to say and repeat, um, I had an embodiment coach, Nikita, on, the, on this podcast, and she was saying, sexual trauma can also be having sex with people that you're not super into. Sexual trauma can also be uh, wanting to stop sex, but saying, no, let's keep going. Uh, sexual trauma can be like disassociating during sex and still uh, waiting until the end for the other person. It, it, it's not just rape. There are all of these different instances, which that really hit me big as well. And I think you highlighted really well. And there, there could be so many different possibilities of experiences that really affect us and contribute to like, okay, why am I feeling this way? Or why am I repeating this pattern? So. I think now I would love to get into just like what somatic sexology is and, and how you were able to start exploring that um, and receiving relief by using that modality. Yeah. I feel like I want to also insert like just a general definition of trauma too. Like trauma is just experiences that cause intense physical and psychological stress reactions. So like those examples that you great you gave were so great because oftentimes we are saying yes to sex when we mean no, or we're in a loving situation with our sexual partner and they're, then they stick it in and it's like, oh, I wasn't quite ready, but it's totally okay. Right. Like every time we swallow that and go against what is actually true for our body, that's a form of trauma. So a lot of what I experienced when I went through my somatic journey was recognizing how much of it wasn't mine. Like how many, how many things I was holding that weren't mine, beliefs, energies, thought processes, projections, but also how sensitive my body was. Like we are all such incredibly sensitive beings. And so I think what tends to happen and why we do have such a lack of safety in our bodies and are fearful to fully express ourselves is because we've had all of these small, like microaggressions of feeling like we didn't have sovereignty, right? Like when you were a child, I know there's one memory of me, like I love to dress myself. I went to school for fashion and art first. I sometimes didn't have the freedom to choose that. And so I'd get forced to wear other things like that to me was actually quite traumatic for my self-expression where it was like, no, you can't wear that because whatever. Right. So like all of these small things are are really big things and they teach us how to be in the world, how to express what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah. So true. So true. 
and like how how are us being suppressed in certain ways growing up really shape who we are and make us value we really realize our value like one of mine that's huge is like similar freedom freedom of self-expression trying out different things enjoying different things without people saying why do you want to make all of these changes why don't you just stay the same version of this this person that you are why are you are you so insecure that you're trying all these different things no i want to experiment it's part of i've really i've done like astrological human design deep diving into this and it's part of my path on this earth to experiment with this and um but there's you know any time we have someone that we look up to uh or just anyone in the world question that or or um give us a hard time about that it, it can just add layers of you know stuffing things in our shadow and it it just builds up and i also wanted to mention something really interesting that i noticed too with uh, what you say about saying yes when you really mean no i've had it with a couple part a couple of my past partners um I, it was towards the end of the relationship and they wanted to have sex and I would start crying anytime they would try to get near me, get intimate with me. And I knew on a certain level, it was an intuitive signal that something needs to change, whatever that is. And sometimes I would just still have sex with them and hide my tears when we're having sex, or I would say, no, I, I can't. And I would start crying and still hide my tears and uh, learning more from, from experts like you make me realize, wow, 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 wow. One amazing how our bodies can communicate to us in intimate experiences or just in general Two, what were those tears about? Was it the end of the relationship? Was it not wanting to go on a further intimate level? I think it's so, so fascinating how the body communicates out uh, what we need to look at. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, it's, I can relate in a lot of ways to that experience and to feeling like maybe the body, it's like the body either wants to do something and the mind's not on board or the mind wants to do something and the body's not on board. And I think why it's so important to really do this work, especially if you're doing the work and why my invitation is for you to lean into this kind of work even more is because it's like a rocket ship into your soul and your soul's curriculum. Like there's nothing that's going to freaking hide in your, let me rephrase that. You can't hide when it comes to your sexuality. You might want to, right. But like, that's the area that is going to have all of your shit come up because there's so much more of you that's involved in that. And there's so much more like on the line and it's so confronting, right? So like if you're having difficulties expressing your needs, it's probably showing up in the bedroom. Like the way that it, the way you show up in the bedroom is the way you show up in every other area of your life. So if you're having, you know, people problem conflicts continue to arise, okay, let's address it from the area of sex. Because if you can do and speak your truth there when you're naked, you better believe you're going to have a much easier time speaking your truth out there in the world. And I think what's so important to note with this work and, and especially trauma healing and sexual healing is that your body is so trustable, right? Like our body always knows our body remembers our body keeps the score. And like a caveat to that is 
if you've never gone into the body and you haven't done a lot of trauma healing work, the body is going to start to have, like the body's going to have reactions instead of responses. Right. So like, like you said, it, it could be, maybe it was the end of the relationship. Maybe it was this, maybe it, and maybe it had nothing to do with him. Right. Like maybe that experience mm-hmm. made you feel like, or made you remind, reminded yourself of other experiences that you may, you maybe have. So it's like the more that we actually do this work, the more connected we are to our intuition and then the more clear that channel is because while your body is always trustable, the emotions and things might not always be presently what's like needed, right? Like there's so many women that I've worked with. And this was so much of my story that I would then find a healthy man to have sex with or to relate with. And I'd be like, I just can't be intimate with you. And I don't understand why you're so loving, but it was so new for me. It was actually like so overwhelming for my system that I didn't know how to be in an environment like that. And so it was like, almost like my, it would feel like my body wasn't trustable when really it, my body was trustable. It was just revealing traumas and things to me that needed to be worked through from the past so that I could actually feel safe in the present and move forward with this human that's before me. Oh my God. That's amazing. Wow. What a concept. And I've heard little bits about this. Like, yeah, when you're raised in an environment where you didn't have a healthy example of whatever, uh, sometimes when you do get that healthy example, it seems really foreign, possibly scary, or possibly just you're, you're a hundred percent disinterested. So you were able to solve this or work through this by just really learning more about your traumas and how that related to your relationships. And when you say this, you're speaking to like being able to connect intimately with new people. Yeah. People like when you mentioned that you had partners in the past that uh, were super loving, but you felt like you couldn't be intimate with them. I think a lot of us resonate with that. I do. I'm, I know that some of my audience members do. Uh, So how were you able to work through that process to get to a place where you, you could be in, and wanted to be intimate with someone uh, who showed a healthy expression of love? So I would say that when I think of trauma, I think about it as like a backpack. Like we all have a backpack on that we're wearing around constantly and all of our traumas and negative experiences are in that backpack. And if, if we're doing the work around these things, that backpack becomes lighter and we can like toss things out that no longer serve us. And we can collapse certain systems and structures that are no longer again, serving us. And when that backpack is clear, like empty, right. We've emptied out all of these like hurts and pains and illusions of the ego. We can then show up neutrally and clear and be with what's in front of us and make a very clear conscious choice. But when that backpack is really filled with a lot of stuff, we're not showing up as, as a clear channel. We're showing up with all of this stuff from the past. So we carry 14, 14 generations worth of trauma in our tissue, not just trauma, but all the good stuff too. So we carry all of the stuff from the, our ancestors before us. We also have karmic ties. We have ancestral wounding, like things in our lineage. And then we have our own experiences. So when we are between the ages of zero to seven, we're just soaking everything up and taking everything as truth. You'll probably know that already. And so the reason why I find it becomes really difficult to be intimate with 
partners, even when we consciously know they're safe, is because there's probably been a lot of other wounding and things that we have experienced that has made it feel like this type of situation, this type of intimacy is not safe. Like to me, it almost all comes down to intimacy. We all deeply crave that intimacy. We all deeply want that intimacy. And when I think about intimacy, it's like feeling felt, seen, heard, and loved. And so even if somebody is the most perfect parent, the most perfect lover, the most perfect friend, we are going to get triggered and there are going to be situations that make us feel not felt, not seen, not heard, not understood. And so that then creates a story. So we bring all of that into our present day unless we've done enough unraveling and unlearning about our story. So for those of you that feel like it's difficult to show up with a partner right now, even, even especially in sexuality where you're like, I literally can't let go sexually with this human, even though they're doing everything to find, to, you know, create that safety for me. Um, I just want you to know there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing broken. And it sounds like maybe if that's what you're experiencing, there's an invitation there for you to go deeper into yourself and into your story and into your relationship with your sexuality. Because a lot of that fear of intimacy for me and for the women that I work with, it shows up as, I want to say as an intimacy, like a fear of intimacy with self, a fear in the sense that there's fear that, oh my God, what's here? I don't want to know. I'm so scared that if I go in there, I'll never come out the same person. And guess what? You probably won't, but you're probably inviting yourself into that because you don't want to be the same version of yourself. So there's fear in the intimacy with self. But I also think that we have been so groomed by society to think that sex is a part and only a part of relationship that we have totally neglected the idea that sex is something that can be experienced safely outside of relationship. And that's an important piece because there are so many practitioners and healers out there that do this kind of work that so many people don't know about. And I say that because the fear of intimacy, the fear of like this, this thing that feels really heavy, this thing and place where I feel really stuck feels so scary. It's not supposed to be done alone. This work is not supposed to be done alone. And because of the way sex is presented in our culture, we think that it's something we have to do alone or figure out ourselves. And so we end up just not asking because there aren't a lot of conversations like this. There are not, I want to say there aren't, but there are, we just have to be in the right places. We have to find the right people that are doing this work that invite these parts of you out that can create that safe space so that you can explore. Right. So you, to your question, like, what are the things that have helped you? There was a knowing in my body when I found this that I needed to be in this work. I didn't understand it. And I truthfully didn't try to understand it. It was a $15,000 investment. And I was like, I have no fucking idea what I'm getting myself into, but I know that I, I know that I'm supposed to be here. And it required my mind to like, I had, my mind had to freak out. My mind had to be like, what the fuck is this? This is the weirdest hippiest shit I've ever heard of. What like, like somebody else gives me an orgasm that like, I'm not in relationship with, like they're sticking their fingers up my, my, my butt and mapping my genitals, like trying to turn on my parasympathetic. Like it made so much sense actually, even from the logical perspective, but the stories of why this was weird or wrong or society's fucking projections of sex were there. So I needed to get through all of that. 
And it was really important for me to bring that resistance into the work because that's the shit that your ego is holding onto. That's keeping you from actually being your fully expressed self. So like bring your resistance, bring all of it. It's all just neutral information and work with, work with people, work with humans that know this because it's, it's not meant to be done alone. And the witnessing of you in this type of transformation and healing journey is so incredibly potent to the healing. Like what was my most, like the thing that gave me the quantum leap was for sure the body work and for sure all of it. But it was, it was the fact that I was with mentors in a space and they witnessed me in it. And I got to cry. I got to rage. I got to scream. I got to be my sacred slut. I got to be my little girl. I got to be every single part of who I was without hold back. And they loved me through it. And then it felt safe to go into the world and be all of me because I knew that people would love me for that. And I knew that when people didn't love me for that, there were people that existed that would love me for that. Totally. It's fucking powerful. You see the evidence, you see the evidence that you can be loved through all of that. Yeah. And like you say, you can take it out into the world. That's, that's amazing. And I would love to get into these methodologies. Can we start with somatic sexology? So did, did that, that was really bringing the trauma to the forefront and how that connected to sex? I don't know much about somatic sexology. So I would love to hear about it. Sure. So there's two parts to it, somatic therapy and sexological body work. And I'm going to speak specifically to the work that I do because there's so many different ways that you can do this work. The work that I do is, is the combination of the two. So the somatic therapy portion, I can kind of take you through what a session looks like the there's pre-coaching where we're really diving into like, what's showing up for you right now? What's showing up in your relationships? What's showing up in your sexuality? Where are you right now? Where do you want to be? What do you feel like is really, you know, keeping you stuck from that? And I'm really looking for like, what are the narratives that are in place that you keep finding yourself in like, where are your loops? What are the patterns that continuously to show up in your life? And then there's this element of, okay, where do you feel in the body? Where does that show up in your body? And so I have everyone fill out an intake form. All of my clients go through this and they share with me a lot of their life experiences, their relationships, their sexual partners, their fetishes, what they really like, like what turns them on, what turns them off and sexual history. So there's all of that. But then we get into the table work and what's revealed on the table from the body is almost never what's revealed in the application or in pre-coaching. Those patterns might show up, but the source and the root is different because the body will always reveal more than the conscious mind ever could. Like the body will always reveal more than the conscious mind ever can because the body is holding the stuff that we don't want to feel right. Like, so when you've had these really big negative experiences or emotions that have been overwhelming to your system, Usually we go into a trauma response, like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, and we get stuck and we don't move the energy and it gets stuck and stored in the body. Like emotions are just energy. So when we're not moving it through, when we're not saying the words that we really want to say, when we're not fighting back because someone's attacking us and God, who would we be as a human if we actually like claimed our space, right? Like we just keep it all inside. And so in this table work with the body work, like the body knows how to heal. Your body knows how to heal. It just needs the safe space to do its thing. And so as the, as the practitioner, as a body worker, I'm, I'm 
bringing energy into all of these different parts of your body. And I'm looking for the areas that hold the most tension, the areas that hold dis-ease and pain and symptoms in your body. And there's a general map of the body, right? Like our stomach can tend to hold a lot of sexual issues and familial stuff. The right hip can cause, can be where abandonment is stored, the left hip betrayal, the shoulders are like, you know, the weight of the world that we carry. And it also shows up very uniquely for us. But so I'm looking for these areas of tension in the body. And when I actually press into them and work with those area, the, the energy that's in there starts to come up. So sometimes it comes up as emotions that you're like, your body literally feels like it's purging and crying. It's, it's so old. It's from stuff that isn't about present, but there's stuff that the body needs to feel and release to move through. And oftentimes there's memory that surfaces from that. So there'll be the memories that surface are often the things that, again, you're not thinking have made a lot of a difference in your journey, but they've made massive impacts in who you are. And it's because again, like the body is always trying to protect you. And so is the mind. So it's going to hide the stuff that holds the most charged in places that you're never going to look. So like I started this podcast out by saying it held so much charge for me, my sexuality. And I didn't understand why. And I never actually realized the importance of like, why I should even look there. Like, it was just like, well, why does it matter? That's not going to be the thing that helps me make more clients. That's not going to be the thing that helps me make more money. Why do I have to look under that rock? Um, but it's so connected to our power and our intuition. And so, hmm. So when we go through these memories, we actually get to reprogram the way that you've experienced them. So if let's say it was a sexual trauma, you get to fight back. You get to say the words that you want to say. You get to choose what you want to do in that moment. And so it repatterns your system and it takes your power back. So again, if you remember that backpack, it's like taking that that stuff out from the past and actually seeing like you have your power, you have your agency, you have autonomy. And then in the second half of the session, that's more of the sexological body work part and the pleasure part, which is, okay, we just, we just opened up the body. Like we just almost did surgery on all of these different wounds as my mentor, Jonathan would say, and like, now we're going to pour pleasure in it. Right. So we always bring you back to pleasure. That's your natural state of being. It's love, abundance, like pleasure. That That is who you are at the essence of who you are. And so a lot of us don't know what that feels like. And so together we get to create that experience for yourself and your body. And for many times for the first time, and we get to regulate your nervous system through pleasure. Like we all heard here, trauma-informed coaching, but like, what about pleasure-informed coaching? I learned that from a mentor, Roger, who does like pleasure informed touch. And it's beautiful because the body starts to relax. It, there's so much more of an opening. You're so much more connected to source, to your higher self. And your channels are a lot more clear when your nervous system is regulated. So like 90% of us are working or walking around with an unregulated nervous system. So like, who would you be if you actually felt safe in this world? Who would you be if you weren't scared of speaking your truth? So in, in the pleasure portion, you're getting to feel yourself in these ways that you haven't before. And there's so much power in our sexuality and our genitals. So for vulva bodied humans, it's directly connected to our sense of self, to like our, our creativity, our, our ability to listen to the divine, to channel, to create. And so the places in our body that hold the greatest capacity for pleasure 
also hold the greatest capacity for pain. And so for a lot of us, our G spot and our cervix holds a lot of that repressed stored stuck energy, especially if you're unfamiliar with Tantra, the tantric system, like G spot massage, sacred spot massage, like you're moving the stuck energy out. So in the same way that our body holds this stuff, so do our genitals and our genitals hold a lot of it. Cause again, it's the last place that most people would ever look. So I'm doing genital massage. I'm, I'm doing internal work where we're actually working with the cervix, working on the G spot to, to move this stuck energy. So for me personally, when I went through this, I saw and energetically met with every single one of my ex-boyfriends and partners. And I was like, I just saw all of them there. And it was, I could see what I had held what I had received from them and what my body didn't want to let go of. I could see the patterns. I could see like, oh, you know, I didn't really feel like I had a family growing up because of the abuse. And wow, all of my partners never had families. Wow. I wanted to like create this family. Right. So all of that was stored in my own yoni. And while I was able to have orgasms before, I wasn't fully ever able to let go. Like I didn't, I didn't have maybe long extended states of orgasms. It wasn't a full body orgasm. Sure. I Mm -hmm. I'm very fortunate to have had great orgasms in my life before this work, but it's a totally different experience as it is now, where my emotional body is actually really connected. My heart is in it. Like you can touch genitals and get somebody to come, but when their heart's in it, it's totally fucking different to bring your soul into the experience. And that's what we're doing. We are bringing your spirituality into your sex. We are uniting sex with your heart and your spirituality and your sexuality are not separate. So many of us think that they're separate. And so we're bringing them together. We're unifying them so that you can experience your own divinity through your sex, through your pleasure, through your body. Like that's where you find God. Yeah. I love the mix of these two things, spirituality and sexuality. It's one of my favorite topics. Mm. So two questions that came up for me while you were taking us through this process, which is so beautiful And it just makes so much sense. It really makes so much sense. You're Mm -hmm. right. It's the last place we would look. It's the last, like, oh, okay. Sexuality is like the last thing. Once I have everything else covered in my life, then I'll deal with my, no, it really can be the start. It just, it just makes a lot of sex sense. And you wouldn't expect it to make so much sense, but it does. Yeah. And it's like, why would I put pleasure first? Mm -hmm. That's not the world we live in. Why would I ever put sex first, pleasure first, my body first. Like we have been so groomed to be out of touch with this wisdom. Like everything in our world teaches us to do the opposite because this is what puts us into our power and our sovereignty. And we are worth a lot less when we are in our sovereignty to the bigger forces, like to the governments, not to us. (laughs) Yes. Speaking my language. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, that's the root there. That's the root. Well, I don't, I shouldn't put my pleasure first. I'll get all the practical stuff done first. Right. That's, yeah. It's so uh, that's um, genius. So when you work with your clients, you mentioned a table, what is the, the table look like? What is that um, practice? So it's about, it's a massage table and mm-hmm. there is a bunch of different methods and approaches that I work in. And there's also so much intuition that comes into it, but it's a combination of gate work and sexological body work and massage and erotic massage and the erotic blueprints tend to come out as well. So, uh, the table work is, 
is where the client is and I'm kind of working around them. Amazing. Oh, cool. I was wondering if it was like actual physical touch. Yeah. Yes. So much physical touch. So much, so much, so much physical touch. I had a conversation with somebody before where I was saying that like most of what I see missing in, in healing spaces is touch because we're scared to touch other people. We are scared and trauma is so big with that too. Like we've become, I feel like we've become so trauma informed that we are now so scared to touch that we are so scared to fuck somebody up when what I was trained in was good. Get trigger somebody like not just out there in your life, but when my clients come in and they're on the table and in pre-coaching, like I'm going to, I actually like, it is my intention to poke at the things that bring up a lot of intense sensation and Mm -hmm. to bring up the parts of you that get bothered because I want to work with those parts of you because when you're in those triggered states, the material that gets revealed to you, like that's when you want to work. That's what's when there's an opening for you to be like, cool, what is here? And then we get to take our power back. Like there's, there's something to that. The way like trauma goes in forcefully. Sometimes that trauma has to come out forcefully too. And when you work with a practitioner, you, you get to, you get to be held in that. You get to be loved through that and repattern it where a lot of times when we get triggered, there's no one holding us on the other side except for ourselves. And we sometimes don't even know how to do that. Yeah, exactly. 100%. It makes it, yeah, it just, it just all makes so much sense. And it's a beautiful thing to keep in mind being triggered. It shows you where the work is. Mm -hmm. It shows you what, what you need to take a look at. I mean, that's, that's what it's meant to me. And ever since I realized that I'm like, oh my God, this whole idea of like everyone in your life is a teacher. I didn't make that up. I heard that Mm -hmm. through another, another coaching company, but it's so true. So when, when you come across something that's really particularly uncomfortable, okay, why? Like, let's mm-hmm. dig into that. I love that. Uh, so you mentioned the erotic blueprint. How does that work in? Can, can you talk more about uh, really what this is? I want to hear about it. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, absolutely. So For those of you that are not familiar with the erotic blueprints, it's an incredibly potent framework that really supports you in understanding, exploring, and unleashing your eroticism, like who you are as an erotic being. So there's five erotic blueprints, and this is so important for you to know as a human with a body because it gives you language and words to get your needs met. And it also supports you in getting those same needs and um, those same needs met for your partner. Like you become a better lover, right? Because you become a better lover for yourself. It it reveals like who you are as an erotic being, like where you're at, what to ask for and how to ask for it. So a lot of times what I hear, and this was so me, like I (laughs) I remember this one time, um, it was actually the same man that I told you in the beginning where I just felt so locked out in my body. I did some extra healing work for a couple of months and then we started playing again. And I remember I was on top of him and he was like, what, how do you like it? And I was like, "Ah!" and I just like froze. And I remember, I remember all of the energy moved right up to my head. And I was like, uh, for like, (laughs) for an extended amount of time. And I remember him being like, you really don't have to answer that if you don't want to. Like, I just was so 
blank. I had no fucking idea what to say. So the erotic blueprints are really incredible to help support you in getting clear on like, how does your eroticism work? What is your body's blueprint? What's the roadmap to your pleasure? And how do you ask for what you want? And how do you get to where you want to go? Cool. I love it. What, what is your erotic blueprint? So I am a primary energetic. And so we all have core themes. I'm a primary energetic, but I'm also a shapeshifter. So I can take you through all of them when you want to hear. Yes. Okay. So there's five. So the first one that I'll go through is the energetic and the energetic is somebody that loves the anticipation that loves to get turned on by the longing, the yearning, like the deliciousness and the tension. Like we love space and there's a superpower and a shadow side in every blueprint, just like there is in every archetype. So the superpower of the energetic is we can have, you know, orgasms with no touch. We can get into really altered states of consciousness. And then a shadow side is that if you get touched too, like if it's too much, too quick, too soon, you short circuit. So like, for example, I say I'm a primary energetic because my primary energy, my energetic needs to be fed first for me to be able to expand into my full eroticism. So if there's some moments of very soft holding and maybe eye gazing and just like very gentle connection. Okay. Then spank me real hard. And I'm, and I can handle that, but I need that first. Right. So like my energetic is my first, the second one we'll go into is the sensual. So the sensual are those of you that are turned on by just like all of the senses, like touch and taste and smell. You love the deliciousness and the art of sex. There's so much creativity here. Like you can have sensual feasts. Um, it's like, there's this one episode of friends with Alec Baldwin, where he's so happy about everything that he sees in his reality. Like that's kind of what I think of when I see a sensual, when he's like, Oh my God, this pillow. And Oh my God, your leggings are just like, everything is so beautiful. The superpower of the sensual is that you get to have full body orgasms. So for some of us, they're really genitally focused for those that are sensuals, it's full body pleasure. And then a shadow side of the sensual is that you really don't like mess. And it's super, super, super hard for you. If you're in that shadow side to get into the body. So I see a lot of humans here too, like really difficult time getting out of their head and into the body. So it shows up as like, what the fuck do I smell like? And do I taste okay? And oh my God, I, I, oh my God, I didn't shower. And like that freaking picture frame on the wall is crooked. And this, I hate this song. Like that's mm-hmm. if you're in your shadow of the sensual. So for those of you listening, like, what are you starting to feel? (laughs) Where do you identify yourself? (laughs) Um, And then we have the sexual blueprint and the sexual blueprint is, it's kind of like what we see sex as in our culture. So it's nudity, genitals, like sexuals would really love vibrators. And it's, it's a simple blueprint, but it doesn't lack depth. Like sexuals love certainty. They love to be goal oriented. Like my sexual blueprint, I show up in the sexual blueprint in the world a lot. Like sometimes when I do business text messages, I'm like, I don't even say hi. And then I have to, I go to send it and I'm like, let's add some sensual. Let's add some (laughs) sensuality, Julian. Like my, my sexual is just direct to the point. The superpower of the sexual is that you can go to zero to 60 really quick. Like you can just get turned on. Somebody comes up to you, grabs a tit, grabs your vulva, and you're like, fuck, I want it. Whereas so opposite for the energetic, right? 
And then a shadow side for the sexual is that sometimes they can miss the journey. They're so focused on that goal. They become so focused on the outcome and orgasms that they're not there for the full ride. And then we have kinky and kinky is for those that are turned on by the taboo. And what's important to note here is that the taboo can be whatever is taboo for you. So if you always have sex and missionary, taboo could be doggy style. Whereas for some taboo is having group orgies or rope play or chains, right? It's like, there's no right or wrong when it comes to kinky. It's just whatever is taboo for you that can feed into your kink. And there's two different kinds of kink. There's sensation play and there's also psychological kink. So the psychological kink is going to be more of like the BDSM world and playing with uh, surrendered and in control. You can play with light and dark energetics. And then impact play is going to be more like maybe floggers and you playing with different sensations that could bring in the element of pain, which is really just the opposite polarity of pleasure. So when you start to integrate them, you get to have all of it. The mm-hmm. shadow side of the kinky can be deep shame. So for a lot of us, I find that we don't even realize we're kinky. We don't even know what our desires are or what our fetishes could be because we don't even give ourselves a permission to go explore that in our own heads. So sometimes for those of us that are kinky, there, there's, there can be so much deep sh- shame held there. And then the last and final one is the shapeshifter. So the shapeshifter is those that get turned on by all of it. Like you're all of the blueprints. And I truly believe those of us that are erotic blueprint coaches and in that world really believe that we're all shapeshifters. And the more that we come home to our true selves, the more that we come home to our erotic authenticity, the more that we can actually expand into all of these blueprints And what I see is it's like, it's just bringing pleasure into everything. Like, how can you get off on everything that's before you? That is the spiritual practice for me. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. sign me up. I want to get off on everything that's before me. That's why sexuality is just another pathway to Christ consciousness, to, to God, to source back to the shapeshifter. So the superpowers of the shapeshifter are all of the superpowers and all of the blueprints. And in the same token, you can also have the shadow of all of the erotic blueprints, right? So for the shapeshifter specifically, it's like nothing is ever too much for them. Sometimes shapeshifters can feel like they're never satisfied because they want all of it all of the time. And so they sometimes feel like they're too much, like they're misunderstood. So Those are very brief sneak peeks into the full five erotic blueprints. There's so much to this framework. There's also four different states, sorry, five different states or stages that you can be in, which greatly affect the way that your blueprints, the way that you show up in your blueprints. So for example, when I'm ovulating, my kinky and my sexual comes online real hard. When I'm bleeding, my energetic is really high. When I'm overwhelmed with work, and I'm playing in my sexual blueprint out there in the world, I need more energetic touch from my lover. Whereas if I'm more in my sensual, supple body, I can handle more kink and sexual. So it there's so many things that play into the way that you show up in the blueprints. You can also stack your blueprints. There's a map to this. And there's also four obstacles or pathways to optimal sexual health and pleasure that can affect how you show up in your blueprints as well. So cool. Oh my gosh. I love this stuff. I love like personality kind of category 
vibe with, oh, I love it so much. Amazing. And I'm already thinking like, hmm, I can definitely see that. Um, so interesting also to note that uh, our sexuality changes depending on where we're at in our menstrual cycle sometimes, which is yeah. so important. Oh my gosh. Our sexuality is so fluid. It's so beautiful. Like <laughs> there's some days where like my partner will touch me in an energetic way and I'm like, oh my God, softer, please. And then there's other days and I'm like, I hate that. <laughs> right. Like that's the fun of sexuality is you get to change. I have a quiz for all of you too. You can take a quiz to find out what your erotic blueprint is. And what I just want to note is that sometimes when you get your results, you're like, this doesn't seem like me or you feel really heard by it. You can have either experiences or both. Like I said before, the body will always reveal more than the conscious mind ever can. So you are filling out this quiz from the logical mind and your body might test different. So just keep that in mind too. That's why it's so powerful to also work with an erotic blueprint coach. Oh my God. I'm going to do it immediately. Amazing. That's so cool. I was thinking like, I wonder where I could find a quiz to see what mine is and you have it. Thank you for telling us about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have a question. So we're going to kind of pull everything together and wrap everything up. I know that I could talk to you about this for 10 hours straight, uh, but for the sake of time, I have a quick question that I'm really feeling pulled to ask you before we kind of wind down here. Uh, when you're working with your clients and you're working with them on somatic practices, healing, do you find that their fetishes change as they, as they heal or as they work through the topics that you're working through with them? I would say they can start to expand. I think what I see the most is that typically where I start with people is like what's showing up in the body, what feels stuck, like where they want to be. So for some, they want to get more into the BDSM space. What I see a lot of times is that there's, there's a lot of desire to grow as an erotic being, but there's so much fear and programming around what that actually means. And I think it's an area that is so unknown. Like there's definitely no end point when it comes to sexuality, right? Like you could play in this world forever and never have it figured out because it's just so fluid. There's so much to explore. So what I would, what I do see is that there's so much more permission and more freedom in who they are as a human erotic being that they start to then go express differently. So they might, they find new fetishes, they find new turn-ons, they find where, you know, they feel really fed and can start to play. I would say that a lot of women start to go play in the BDSM space because they start to feel more. What I see is that so many of the women that come to me are the boss, babe, independent, badass, successful women. And there is a deep craving and yearning to let the fuck go and to let a man or woman, whoever they play with or both or all of it, take care of them. But the biggest resistance in that is they don't know how to let go. They don't know how to receive. So for a lot of the women that I work with, they can tend to then go into like a dom sub dynamic and play more in the kinky space because they really want to be able to just let go and just be taken care of. That's really what they desire. And it's also a big fear, right? The only reason why we're the big 
big, successful boss, babe, entrepreneur is because we've built up armor that, that like, not just, I mean, that served us, right? Like I wouldn't be where I am today without those parts of me. I love them. And those parts are now softer. They accept help. Mm -hmm. They ask for help. And so it's like, there's this big shift. It's almost like it comes to a boiling point of like, oh my God, I can't take it. I have so much responsibility. I I love this. I love my life, but I don't want to do it by myself. And there's this like big exhale. And then they start to go play in the erotic. Cool. I love that. And I think it's so like this topic that you teach about learning to receive, especially as a woman. But like, I also, I really think for any gender that like that concept of allowing ourselves to receive whatever the hell we need to, uh, and communicating that is like, that's difficult for every gender. It's Mm -hmm. gotta be. (laughs) Um, and I just noticed, like, I have a, my kind of path in life that I'm figuring out is, uh, learning to become more independent and a little bit less reliant on others just in my own personal life. But even so, I find that it's very hard. There's a people pleasing side of me there that makes it very hard for me to receive because I'm like, oh, I have to make sure that like they're taken care of first before I so they'll like stick around. It's this whole like you were talking about narratives. It's this whole thing. So I like I just think that that whole concept of being able to receive is so untapped in so many people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So something that I see is everything's a polarity, right? So it's like, like surrendered and control is a polarity. But when we actually do polarity work, we start to realize that they're, they're the same. Like the sensation of pleasure is often the same sensations as pain we're just making up a story. So like we can integrate those. Mm. I say that because often I get, I get two types of of women, like women that are really unsafe in their body that don't feel like they're able to let go during sex. But on the other side of the spectrum, it's women that are, that think they're very sexually liberated and very sexually free but it's actually more of like a fuck you. I'm gonna do what I fucking want. Watch me fuck what I want to fuck. Right. And so there's like a false sense of freedom in that expression, but really they're the same thing. And so it, you reminded me of that in the, like, in the expression of, of let's say like, we can call it the unhealthy or wounded feminine, but it's like, we can become really armored. We can become really self-sufficient or we, we can, we can become kind of like codependent. Right. But it's like all the same, it's all, this, it's all hanging out in the same places. And so the invitation is always to come back to the same truth. You're good. You're good, Julianne. That is so, so emotionally intelligent and on par. Um, just like with me personally, and I I, I love the sentiment as is. Uh th- that's so beautiful that we're kind of tying in this episode with what we had touched on at the beginning, because I was gonna say all these layers of like the trauma that we're we're we all have in one sense or the other that we have to navigate and then how that relates to our sexuality. And then on top of that, we have, we, some of us, I am a, uh, definitely an example of this, 
we have another layer on top that's like, oh, I'm super sexually liberated. I can have sex with anybody and I don't have, I, it doesn't, no problem for me. It doesn't make me attached and I'll try this stuff. I'll try this stuff. But at the end of the day, there's still a whole lot of shame that's blocking me, like in, in this example, me from really being able to allow myself to experience that and, and do what feels good for me and communicate during these explorative processes. And it's a front, it's a front. So a lot of us have that as well. And I think that's so, it's just so important um, to note. And I, I love that we're tying that back in. This is why we need support folks under all of these topics. This is why we need mentors because uh, we, we shouldn't have to navigate all of this alone as Julianne says. So uh, before we tie this episode up for real, I would love to ask you, Julianne, for those of us there are listeners, to this podcast that live all over the world, how can we like support you and uh, perhaps receive some of your offerings from a distance? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for being, for, for inviting me on. It was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation with you. I will give you the erotic blueprint quiz link so you can take your erotic blueprint quiz. And I have so many different offerings. What I'm currently doing right now is I have a mystery school. It's called In the Flesh Mystery School. Um, this is going to be for more people that are in the States that are really at a solid place in their business and their healing journey and with their own clients that want to go deeper into this work and take it into their own business and with their own selves. So that's a 10-month school with five in-person events. There's a whole weekend dedicated to the erotic blueprints in Las Vegas. We're going to party it up, play with our erotic personas. Um, and if you're looking for something that's a little bit more self-study and you can do this anywhere in the world, I have a course called Awaken Your Divine Feminine. And this is an eight-week course where it's really about coming home to your body's wisdom, reclaiming your erotic goddess, and softening into your power. And even inside of that, there's a whole module that's dedicated to the erotic blueprint. So you get that that fun, that fun aspect in there as well. And um, yeah, all of my offerings really encompass so much of of what we talked about here. And I'm I'm a Virgo that's very focused on details. So I I probably over deliver in all of my courses and make sure that you get everything you need from every angle. <laughs> and I also I can so tell. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I was just gonna say I do have a um a free self-pleasure guide as well if you want to start there. Like one of that's my biggest thing that I would recommend and invite everybody to start doing is self-pleasure. It's always self-pleasure. Um, and that's a free guide that I have available for you as well. Amazing. I'm downloading all of that shit <laughs> tonight. Um, one last thing. What do you think the root of health is? I ask all of our guests this. What do you think that mm. the common denominator of health is? Mm. My first thought is what is health? Like to me, it feels like your overall well-being and the word essence keeps coming into me, like health and well-being feel like how connected are you to your true essence and your true soul's expression. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love that individuality piece too and authenticity. Oh, it's so great. Everything ties <laughs> in together. So Julia yep. Picard, somatic sexologist, erotic blueprint master coach, women's spiritual mentor. It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for being here with me. I am so grateful for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for this conversation.
Of course. It's my absolute honor. Seriously, thank you so much for bringing me on. I hope you loved this episode. I have linked in the show notes all the points of contact that we mentioned in the episode. So check the show notes out for more details. And folks, if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. We need this information, folks. Right now, we need it. The world needs this education. So share it with your community so we can all learn from this. And don't forget that the waitlist for the True Potential program is open. So you can apply to be a part of this four month program with four beautiful coaches. Just hit the link in the show notes below. You can also head to our Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Hit the link in our bio to apply. And if you have any questions about the program, please do not hesitate to reach out. Just DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. I am Emily Kosick, founder and CEO of Root Awakening. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting us. I love you all so much. We love you. See you on the next episode.